Harry Talks. Welcome back. <laughs> this might be the last episode for the year. Actually, who knows? This might be this will be the last artist episode for the year. We might do some if you're watching this we might have a bit of an album of the year, EP of the year discussion next week. Cool. Top secret stuff. But yeah. So I think it's very special to have an artist that I think has almost not so much has taken over the world in 2020, but acts as a a nice vignette into what I think 2020 has been for Australian music, but Sydney music in particular, where diversity is at the forefront and we're hearing from voices and genres that haven't been properly well done in Australia or Sydney for a very long time. So I think it's fucking awesome to have Leonard on today. So how are you? I am good. First of all, the genres have been done well, but I think that people are now paying attention because there are so many amazing artists that have come before and are still coming that are sick. Exactly. I feel like the industry has been like, what the <laughs> hell? are we doing this? <laughs> the, the, the industry's like, there's musicians that exist outside of the inner west. What? It's like, what? Sansuzi represent. Sansuzi. <laughs> Even like, yeah, in like South Sydney, just like different voices talking about different stories is so important. And so I feel like it's been so rare in Australia and like just what hip hop and R&B is in Australia. Anyway, I could, I could talk about this for hours. For days. But it's also a special one because it's a bit of a celebration as well because I finished exams this week and I'm so on myself for that. Happy days. Happy so days So what a way you. to celebrate. I just want to start here, and obviously we are in this wonderful, beautiful Lord Gladstone Hotel. I guess you could call it beautiful. It is beautiful. It definitely has a nice communal sentiment. <laughs> it has a charm to it. It does. And you are a part of the Gladdy family, I'd say. That's really nice. What? How did you come to know this place? Where did, you know, how, how did you find your sort of feet in the Gladdy? What do you think of the place? I love this place. I love this. Um, how did I find my feet here? I think I was coming to events here a fair bit. Um, initially, it was, you know, like home base and stuff. And, um, you know, gigs upstairs at the good space and art shows. And I was just here a fair bit. <laughs> and then um, just kind of became friends with people and Jono as well. We found out that our grandparents were from the same... Well, my grandmother was from the same town in Italy. There you go. As his grandparents, Trieste. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then when the EP came around, when it came to photos and visuals and stuff, we did a fair bit up here, which was really nice. And um, yeah, then had the EP launch after it actually came out but the ep thing here performance yeah i just i really like it here it's really (laughs) homey yeah it's just very homely um i don't know if that's a bad thing for a pub to be homely (laughs) for you but yeah i really like it here everything in moderation i say and yes so 11 o'clock at the gladi (laughs) is moderation it is though it's like we're not drinking like who knows actually this is water it's not this is, this is straight a, vodka. This is a large glass of vodka. This is a jug of vodka. 
but yeah, let's just let's just jump straight in because we're already here. Yeah. We had the showcase. There's been just a lot of noise around the EP, and it's sort of just like stamped the mark. It's like Leonite is here, and there has been such a big positive response. And I think everyone that sort of is in a circle, I'm like, have you heard of this girl Leonite? It's like, yes, we have, we have. So it's like I think it's just fucking awesome, and I'm in love with the project. How have you handled the response to nesting? Has it been overwhelming? Has it been like, yeah, that's true. Like, you're right. I'm great. What you who would it? say? No, I don't say that. I don't say, yes, you're right. I'm great. I, I, I was overwhelmed, I think. Um, I've just kind of kept it moving and just kept working on music, kept working at the Motorboat Club, you know. Shout out. Shout out Motorboat Club. Um, it's it's like an RSL. It's not, it has nothing to do with Motorboat motorboat it's anyway um so yes yeah, i'm really awkward but yeah so still the same everything's kind of the same i'm just really grateful that i get to sh- i have the opportunity to share it with everyone and um i think that when we're piecing everything together you know f- sonically and then later on visually it was just really important to me that it was a story and when i hear that people are after the show people are like oh it all it's like starting to glue together i think we get it and i'm like that's really nice you know because i guess with the project it's really nice to be able to share that moment with people i mean i i had it when it was when the project was finished yeah. like ages ago but now i get to have it again with people so it's cool exactly so were you sitting on the ep for a while before you released it um during isolation we probably did the last song and the last song was Yikes. Um, I was just messing around on keys at home. Just, I was supposed to have a session with Cyrus in person, but um, Cy's mum was like, you probably shouldn't be having people over, which is fair enough. Yeah, Cyrus's mum is, yeah, she, she knows what she's talking about. Um, so we just we, had... We pause s- right here for one second. <laughs> Listen to your mothers. Yes. If they say... Listen to your mum. You need a jacket... You need a jacket. Take the jacket. Sorry, Otherwise, yeah. they're going to give you shit when you say you're cold. Um, shout out sense. everyone's mums. Yeah, so we just had a Zoom session. And it obviously, granted, it took a little longer because, you know, we're sending things back and forth. But once it was done, we're like, oh, my gosh, we really just did that over Zoom. Um, he, he doesn't even live that far away from <laughs> me. So it was such an odd experience so once that was done it was just kind of gluing all of the tracks together and making sure that they flow like I worked closely with Mo who executively executive produced the EP um so yeah just to make sure that all the sounds flowed in because there was so many hands in it like Cyrus, Corky Buchek, you know Will Roman played the guitar on mine and Better Unsaid, Robert played the bass on Better Unsaid and mine so yeah, just to have that flow of all those sounds because they're all kind of all that somebody use like this and yeah. then yikes is I decide to rap. So, um, yeah, it's kind of been done for a hot minute, I guess. I think, yeah, I we said yikes. I love yikes. And when you perform yikes live, everyone goes off. Oh, the kids love the yikes. <laughs> the kids love the yikes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's super interesting that you wrote that one last. It's got like that like braggadocious and like you leave the last word off as well it's like that's fire um 
was it and like oh, this is a shit question I know um. but like <laughs> was it was because of 2020 was it interesting was it weird was they second guessing putting the EP out this year or was it always just like these people need to hear this I don't give a shit it wasn't even the people need to hear it it was like fuck this I haven't we haven't worked on this so long to let 2020 stop yes. the plan so um yeah we just I guess we just kind of pretended like it wasn't a pandemic and we were like yep cool still go ahead as is and I think that very much the vibe with nesting and pretty much me as a person is i am at home a fair bit so it's not like it's unfitting yeah. for me to release a project in a time when everyone's at home because that's essentially you know what i'd be doing anyway so um yeah it kind of fit in well and i think that as well during you know 2020 there was a lot of people being like you know the uncertainty and but it's like there's uncertainty any given day so um that was probably something obviously not uncertain yeah. of a pandemic but you know like you just never know every every morning that you wake up and that sounds really grim but you know that it's just there's always going to be uncertainty so you still want to just like flow the way that you flow regardless exactly. of that and just kind of make it work for you and one thing i think i've learned definitely throughout this year there's like a sense of gratefulness that I did not have last year. Yeah. I was living like, and we like reckless. No, not reckless in the sense <laughs> of like, who needs brain cells? Am I right? Not like that. Yeah, right. But vodka. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> um, but there was just like a sense of like, everything's gonna work out. Yeah. And like everything's gonna be Jay. Like we just chill out, and the world will work itself out. But there's like a sense where it's like, oh, I can do this i can see my grand i can go see my grandparents or i can yeah. come to the pub and support a venue that i enjoy supporting yeah. or like i can buy a t-shirt just because you know but now yeah. i'm really grateful for those things yeah and i think that's probably my big learning definitely other than bike riding is the go bike riding right that's another big one yeah other than those two i i need i'm yet to get around exercise again but i'll try it soon enough maybe that's a 2021 thing <laughs> but um yeah definitely and i think that there was never a moment where we were like yeah sweet everything's gonna be all right it was like there's just no expectations and when you don't have expectations every good thing that comes around you're like oh that's pretty nice so i guess there wasn't any expectations in nesting so when people liked it and the feedback was good we were like sweet that's nice you know exactly yeah it's a nice way to live (laughs) exactly beautiful so the first time i heard of leonite sitting down i think i was at in the library sometimes i work in the library because i'm crazy like that um and cass from acclaim big shout outs he's just like hey shout bro out cass. i've got some tracks do you want to review them and he sent me like this list and he's like choose three and i went from the top and i'm like better than said was there and i was like hang on i messaged right away i'm like who is this what's going on here and he's like bruh so I just like went had the big stalk did the stalk you know and I was like I'm in so I think and my big thing was like is this from Sydney is this from Australia or was like is it international because I had no idea and I was super surprised and as a journalist I always think where does this sit for me in my listening and I sort of put it I don't know it's like it had that like obviously that 
scissor vibe that I think straight away. But then like all the percussive elements are so like Neo Soul, so Erica Badu, the guitar. It's like so sick. So I was just wondering as like a nice intro, I think like, and not to just pitch yourself into, you know, saying I like this artist, I like that artist. But where do you think sonically Leonite sits just generally if someone that's never heard you before, you know? Oh. Just what to expect. No expectations, remember? Huge. Um, <laughs> I don't... Depends on which song, because I guess... Yeah. That was, that's oh. the brilliance in the question. Yeah. So I guess it depends on which song, because if you listen to Tipsy, it would probably sit in the, like, indie pop realm. But then if you listen to Better Unsaid, it's definitely something that has some of those, like, grooves, those... I call him the Rob Grooves because he's just, like, so crazy on bass. Sometimes he'll just play something in studio. I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do with that because it's just too hectic. But, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Where. I, think that's a, I, think, <laughs> I think that's an answer in itself. You can't categorize nesting or Leonide at all, which I think is special. That's and, like, a boxing, and uh, we always make this joke where, like, especially on a lot of magazines, a lot of editorials, they love, oh, for fans of, it's like, I get that. Like, I get yeah. that, like, and it's a flattering compliment, but at the same time, it's like, that's not what it is. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I definitely agree with that. I think that I understand how categorizing it makes it easier for a listener or um, the person that's, you know, consuming something to put it, where it needs to be in a box somewhere but um at the same time it like kind of makes it tricky for an artist when you are put into that place because you're like wait now it's, it becomes like a comparison yeah. thing and you're like how i don't sound like that or i don't uh, maybe the next song's not going to sound like that you know and then you're gonna have to say i sound like boy george or whoever the fuck it's gonna be um i like boy george's music um no my mom doesn't He's cool though, but anyway, um, we we like Boy George on Paris. Yeah, good I don't know why it was the first name to pop into my. Head. He's a good friend of the show. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you go. Shout out, Boy George. Um, no, yeah. So I guess it's kind of cool to just continue to have no expectations and make whatever the flip we feel like. Yeah, and a lot of music now, and especially with your music, it is so personal, and I think that. It's going to be coherent regardless because it's coming from your brain and your voice and your story. So, like, it doesn't have to be boxed into a genre for track one to make sense with track five. Yeah. It's just, it's coming from you and it's coming from an honest place, which I think makes it coherent no matter what sound it is. It's like, this is Leonide. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I think that that's like a, that's kind of, with a lot of the music, well, with all of my music, it's very much starts with the songwriting aspect it's and then the sounds kind of follow based on what the words are about you know like if I'm feeling angsty I might make a song that's like it reminds me of like my teen years listening to whatever the heck I listen to yeah you know um or if I'm feeling like lovey-dovey then there's like a whole R&B playlist that I listen to when I feel like that so um yeah I don't know it's fun it's a vibe that's what it is yeah Obviously, most recently, I saw you on the live stage and obviously you supported Steve. I don't, this is my thing. Is it Steven? It's Steven. Okay, thank Steven, you. I'm clarifying for your for the fans of Paratalks. 
You're welcome. There's been a lot of debate about that name as well in our circles because also fantastic music and incredible. And like, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but like, uh, no, this is going to sound horrible, but I'm always super surprised when new artists get on stage and kill it straight away and they have like that confidence on stage because it's so easy for a new artist to just like hide behind the curtain before they start and like just go up there, sort of do their thing and just like waltz off. But you were just at the front of it. You knew you were killing it, I think. And you just had like a very ferocious, like you weren't afraid to put yourself in the middle, in the spotlight, which I think is such a brave and such an awesome thing for an artist to do, especially to leave an imprint on people. So congratulations on that. I'm glad it's conveyed that way because I was probably shitting bricks, to be honest. So <laughs> It's all about perception. Yes. Um, how Smoke was it? and mirrors. Literally. How was it taking the EP to the live stage? Was it is it interesting singing these like super personal, intimate songs to a, a room full of people? Yeah. But almost hearing them for you know. Yeah, it's um, it's a lot. I can't imagine it's easy. Is why I'm yeah. asking. I mean, I think I've gotten really comfortable with sharing personal stuff. Um, so I'm kind of an open book could be dangerous but that's why like when I'm on stage and stuff I like to take myself well I take myself seriously of course but that whole thing of hiding you know there's mine like I literally said before I performed the song I was like hey guys this is about my dad issues and it's like just doing that is like hey I'm being vulnerable with you um, I hope that you feel the same way where like you allow yourself to find something in this song to connect with or, you know, so it's kind of like a relationship that you can have with people when they hear your music. If they know that you're being honest with them, then hopefully they can kind of put their walls down and connect with you in a different, like a, you know, a stronger way. So, yeah. And then same with all the other tracks, I guess it's just a matter of being honest and no, no, no. I, I came from a very open household, so I'm, and I know what it's like to not share and just like bottle shit up. So I'm very, it'd be what it do, just put it out there. Big time. I'm the same though, in the sense that I'm an oversharer. Oh, which is absolutely. which is probably different things. I don't want to just straight away just throw you into that, but I'm definitely a massive oversharer. Like people know me for half an hour and I start spilling shit, and they're like, "Whoa, <laughs> this is." Too I didn't much ask for this. Yeah. <laughs> That's but pretty much my AP. Like, people are like, I didn't ask for this. I'm like, well, here you go. Welcome to my trauma. Yes. No, yeah. I think it's it's something to be said where I think so many young people are scared to like just put it all on show. And then what they do put on, like social media has done the opposite thing of what people sort of expected because people are like, oh, look at this platform where you can share whatever you want. And, and they're sharing hide. the 1% of their life that isn't like, so it's just reinforced like by a hundred that, you know, if you're not the best in the world or you're not showing off the best feelings or emotions or perception of yourself in the world, then you're not doing it right. No, I'm a certified dickhead. If you look at my social media (laughs) and my stories, I just just have a good time, you know? And um, I think it's it's important that we change that narrative of, you know, social media being this place that you just regurgitate the highlights of your life and maybe there's like more creative direction into you know whatever music related things you put up so that there's like there's like a second of thought in it you know um so even with all of that 
that's been like a big thing for me is just like being heavily invested in putting that forward yeah and isolation sent everybody kooky so you know you just kind of start sharing a little bit more (laughs) of yourself outside of pretty pictures and la 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 so yeah big time yeah Uh, ask a personal question a Leah question yeah um how have you found your like social media usage your screen time through 2020 has it skyrocketed for you or is it something that you've made a conscious thing being like I don't really want to be on my phone as much anymore because I know I've gone 10 times the negative way yeah it's like I just didn't know what to do and like just it just became my everything which is sort of shit I've probably made a conscious effort not to look at how much time I'm spending because ignorance is bliss um but yeah I probably spent a a bit more time on the internet but at the same time I've probably connected with a lot of people through social media that I didn't before like the way that I connect with people was probably changed a bit before it was just kind of like here's a nice photo of me you know yeah I think my teeth look nice it's like now it's just kind of a bit more whatever's going on at the moment kind of thing um but yeah, I think I could probably strip it back a little bit. Also, socials is a big part of promoting yeah, music exactly. that might be coming out or, you know, stuff like that. Um, so I'm aware of that. At first I had the shits about it. I was like, fuck, I want to post. Just listen to the fucking song. Um, but, you know, there's an artsy way of getting around that and, like, yeah. making it not just watch this space coming soon you know like eyes peeled brother <laughs> those googly eyes oh, man. or like the chart thing you know like watch this space it's like they're no people have their own spaces to watch if you got something worth seeing they'll come and see it Literally. So, um yeah I, that was one thing i was not th- there was a lot of that during um, 2020 is like coming soon watch this space it's like working oh on something huge ginormous um so yeah i was like oh a month out or whatever that's when we'll start doing the doing the thing i feel that um yeah wow sorry i just 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 absorbing because social media is a whole thing and like it's like oh someone will be like shout out this person on your story for featuring your song and the yeah yeah it's a a lot Yeah. yeah there's a there's a lot of um, stuff. It's <laughs> just so demanding. Like, yeah. there's no break anymore. You can't just, yeah. like, let the music... Like, you can let the music obviously speak for itself and what all the best mm-hmm. artists do, and you've definitely done that as well. But it's just, like, if it just feels like there's so much more to it instead of just yeah. being, like, I'm just going to be a great songwriter. Yeah. And I'm going to let that do the talking. It's like, oh, I've got to... Yeah. I mean, you have to do be press. a great songwriter. Yeah. Bloody press. No, I think you have to be a great songwriter regardless, but um, I was going to say something. It's obviously not going to be that great. Um, oh, think, think, think. It's fine. Yeah, it's gone. It's Friday morning. It is Friday morning. Well, it's not going to be Friday morning when this comes out. True. Well, maybe I'll put it out. No, we won't go out next Friday morning. What's um, your... F- All right, this is a funny question. All right. What's your favorite day of the week? I know people have favorite days of the week. I know I have favorite days of the week. Unless it's a shocking question. 
given my work roster at the moment, I'm going to say Wednesday. Wednesday's a good, the hump day. Yeah. Because you beat Wednesday, you're through. Yeah. And I have Wednesday off and yeah, it's pretty nice. <laughs> that was shocking. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not that exciting. No, no, no I'm the, that was a shocking question. No, that was quite impressive. Um, <laughs> I'd say the weekend, but I work on the weekend. So Wednesday is my weekend. And Beautiful. Yeah, I do sweet fuck all. It's great. Beautiful. Yeah. I just want to talk about nesting. So obviously Bet On said is so just like oh when the guitar comes in at the end as well. I would do down oh. <laughs> Take it on. away. Live Come performance on. by Parry Talks. But my favourite track. Yes. Somebody You. Oh. And like I don't know why and I remember when the EP came out, I saw someone some mutual shared somebody on it's like, oh you know what, I trust their taste. Like on the story. So I went straight to it. And it just like, I don't even know why. I don't even like, I don't directly l- to relate to the lyrics or anything, but it just hit like a ton of bricks. I was like, bro, like, <laughs> it's like Friday morning. Like, jeez Louise. Chill like, out. No, but in the best way possible. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Everything happens on a Friday morning, apparently. Oh, brother. It's a Friday morning. Um, and I think it's so nice having, because it, it, it does strip, there's like a lot more space to it. And it's so nice to EP closing with that. Um, but you just talk through the creation of somebody you like, like not literally what does that song mean to you, but like, how was it therapeutically writing that song? How did it come about to talk about it? Ah, Cyrus and, okay, that was another Zoomish session. It was Cyrus, this is when I could go to his house. So I went Cyrus and then we Zoomed Ned and that was my first time meeting Ned Houston. Shout out Cy and Ned. Um, and we were just kind of sitting around and I was like, I'm going to make a mushy, mushy love song and something that's just kind of soothing and like, I don't know, it's just something that you can, that reflects that like moment where you're like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. Um, the rare moment. The, the cupcake phase, we call it. I should have called it a cupcake song. Anyway, so yeah, so we started writing and we're just like outside and then inside and outside and then... Yeah, it just kind of came about. We recorded it and it was, it was just like the epitome of like, yeah, literally. For like a sonic, you know, and um, yeah, and it was so different to anything I'd made. And like at that point, yeah, it was just really nice and really wholesome. Yeah, it's so, it is because I, I recorded it and then put that like full narrative post, not even story, and I put the BDI emojis. <laughs> Oh, not yeah. the BDIs. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's like that's the epitome of that song. It's just like, oh, yeah. I love it. Uh, it. I think it just makes so much sense at the back end of the EP as well, which is probably something you thought about a lot too. Yeah, because I think that was. Oh wait, so I said Yikes was the last song, but I think Somebody You actually was the last song, and um, it was. So we've gone through nesting phase, starting off being everything that you other people want you to be which is better unsaid. Tipsy being the opposite of that because yeah. you're like, fuck the world. <laughs> um, that was a bit extreme. Anyway, um, and then mine, you're kind of like doing that whole introspection and self-work, which we had to do over isolation. Yeah. Um, and then we come out the back end with energy. So I guess after you've done all that, like a bit of 
thinking. So, yeah, a bit of thinking. Then you're like, woo, life, self, worth and love and shit. Um, yikes is from that, from setting those standards. And then somebody you was like the perfect close for me because it was like, you've done all of this and then you get to the point where you can genuinely be with someone and it's pure and honest and it's you've you're you've done your self-work so like when you're in that relationship it's not um all that other stuff you know like it's just it just works you have um, to love yourself to love someone else yeah it comes back to that snaps for that one yep some snaps um so yeah that was really bloody wholesome and um yeah I think, yeah it's so uh, i don't know maybe i just i just stand that song Stan. That's good. That really. That Am I good. the first Leonite Stan? Or do you have some <laughs> Stans that beat me to it? My mom's a pretty big Stan. Oh, yeah, true. Okay. That's yeah. okay. So, my mom and my cousin. But you, yeah, yeah, I think you're the first. I don't think my mom says Stan. So, <laughs> I guess you'd be the first Stan if that's the case. I think she says. No, she doesn't say fan. She just says. I'm proud of you. Aww. It's a bit cute. The family validation, there's nothing like it. Oh, man, when she heard my first demos, that was funny. She's quite honest. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, when I was making my own beats at the beginning, and I played them, she's like, oh, that's, yeah, that's different. That's, um, different. So, yeah, we've come a long way from different. It's, It's super rare to have supporting families when a, ch- a child wants to um chase something creatively yeah so i think that's super special and super important yeah my mum's an arty person as well but i think when i first because i'm still trying to you yeah. know do this music thing but when i first told her that i was doing music i was like six months into a tafe production course and the way i told her was hey i've got my showcase for this course that you didn't know i was doing <laughs> would you like to come along and see me sing? So she came along. She's like, wait, so you're singing now? I was like, yep. Um, But I think one thing that she knows about me and like one thing I've made pretty clear in the past is if I want to do something, I'm going to do it and I'm going to give it my all. So yeah, fucking this is it, you know? Um, So I think when you do something with conviction, there's less fear associated with it because you're like... Definitely. YOLO. (laughs) <laughs> I like that TAFE story and like I want to and like obviously I think because I've got you somewhat early on I can ask the questions and I can claim to be like one of the first <laughs> to be the questions like tell me your story and like what's the story I hate when like and especially from like my inner editor is like don't ask her her first experience with music don't ask don't how she got her name. <laughs> oh, how did I get no, my don't, name? No, 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 no. Don't answer that question. That's a banned question. Okay, perfect. But Cause I, I do want to know, though, because we're sort of pretty early on in the piece. I think it's super interesting to allow you to tell your full story as well. Who is Leah Knight? You know, where did you grow up? What was your childhood like? Where was your first sort of, like, hit with music where it's like, this is sort of cool. Like, I'm talking early, early on, where it's like, I sort yeah. of like music. Right. Who is, wait, can you slow down? You ask like five questions. Let's start with the first one. Who is Leonite? As in like, just, you know, where are you from? What, what area do you rep? 
what area do I rep? Um, I was born in, well, I was first like few years of my life was in Marrickville. And then we moved out to San Suzy when I was sometime in primary school. Yeah, I feel like childhood is just one big blur of numbers. But, um, yeah, so Leonite is the daughter of Alita and Martin. Um, Shout out. And I'm an only child. No, I'm not an only child. I have five siblings on my dad's side. One is older. He added me on Facebook one time. I don't really know him. And then I've got four younger siblings who are really cute. And then... Yeah, so I live, like, I've been living with my mom and, yeah, so when I'm, what has happened in my life? So, (laughs) I play basketball, moved to college when I was 18. Oh my goodness. I played basketball over there for a couple years. That was interesting. Uh, Uh, Pause there. (laughs) America. America. What was a big culture shock going to America, do you think, from compared to Sydney for you? Just things that were just like, what? What do you, why do you do that like that? First of all, we were in the South, so that's like a whole nother story. Yeah. But um, culture shock. Uh, it's so hard to pinpoint. <laughs> it was just everything. Just everything was very different. Um, I know it was a, a lot of it was like situational as well. Like it was because obviously I was playing sports so Mm. seeing the value that they place on athletes and stuff and the turnaround of athletes and all that kind of stuff um music was sick like that was a big thing like listening to bounce music in New Orleans and um listening to a lot that's probably when I first started getting into um you know I started listening to rap probably in college because before that I was just listening to like old indie music and stuff at home yeah. and then R&B. Um, my mom just listens to 80s funk. And um, <laughs> yeah, so over there it was interesting. First year, freshman year. Dramatic pause. I don't know how much I should share. Um, no, you don't so have to share it as much. As yeah, as yeah. I think that's super, it's super interesting though, like where this like, hip-hop and stuff has so much cultural origin that so many people don't understand yeah so that was really that was quite interesting to me because you go over there and you know i'm surrounded by teammates that have come from environments that i will never understand you know Mm. um there's like it's just so different you know one time we were on the bus coming back from a tournament and then one of my teammates gets a call and like she just starts bawling eyes out and she's like oh my brother got shot and i was like yeah i catch my school bus and it's just like you know so it's just like such a different environment and like she would tell me stories about like how you know gang initiations start when you're when she was like 12 years old she saw someone get killed and i'm like that's it's just totally different world so it was very and you see how um those kind of environments shape people and like the impact it has on people's mental health and um like I get goosebumps talking about because it yeah. it's just so it was just it was a lot and it just put a lot of things into perspective um, in terms of I'm not saying that Australia is lucky and yeah. doesn't have environments like that but I guess in America those environments of everywhere you yeah. know like 
in Baton Rouge where I was going to school, you know, one street would be houses of like all the boosters and stuff, these giant houses. Yeah. You go to the next street and it's just, um, you know, Section 8, like yeah. totally different. And then bringing in the racial factor to that was just, you know, it's it's a lot to consume. And then when you come home and you go to these parties and you see that hip-hop music and that culture take on a totally different meaning where it's just like you know i initially when i got back i was quite sensitive about it where you know if someone said the n-word or if they were they just talked to me in a black scent for some ungodly reason like black scent's not even a thing first of all um but yeah i would get tense about it because i'm like what are you doing you know it's just like it's, it's so far from what we're trying to emulate like australia has its own culture australia has its own thing we don't need to because if you want to take on all the glamorous side that you see then you need to be aware of that whole other side of that you know um otherwise it's just really opportunistic and um yeah so that's kind of that was kind of a lot for me to process yeah Um, i assume you did a lot of learning though and probably like if you (laughs) If you take anyone out of their home at 18 and ship them to the other side of the world, no matter what circumstance, they're going to do a lot of learning, but especially in that circumstance as well. It was probably a big growth time for you, I'd assume. Yeah, it was, it was probably the best and worst chapter of my life, to be honest. It was, um, yeah, it was a lot. It was like just before I'd moved, there was maybe like a year or something before I moved, my grandmother had passed away and like, she was like my best friend, Mm. you know, and, um, then I went over and she passed away from, oh, overshare. Um, like she was an alcoholic. So when I went overseas and I had a close friend of mine who was also an alcoholic and it was like, I needed, I felt like the need to fix, you know, cause I was like, oh my God, I have control this time. I can totally yeah. fix people. It doesn't work that way. And it was that I learned a lot about like how accountability and um, how, you know, we have to be accountable for our own grief and like, our own things that we go through and it's it's okay to reach out for help but it's you know it's just as important to you know take that step you know you can't like it's so hard especially you know when you're in environments that you're not encouraged to take those steps and to move forward and stuff um so yeah it was it was definitely a big learning curve in terms of um accountability and like mental health um so yeah when I came back there was just like a totally new because I feel like in Australia with you know our indigenous people um we don't there's not enough attention on that you know and um it's sad that like I honestly feel like coming back I was I definitely had like I was like I need to be more aware of this like just Mm. because it's not in my face in my community around me doesn't mean that I shouldn't like you know um, learn about education yeah. yeah yeah so that was definitely another thing because i think it's dangerous to be like oh well australia's not america we don't have any problems it's like mm, 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 uh, yeah we do yeah so exactly. and well that's probably all i want to speak about that because it's like not my place and i don't yeah. think i know enough yet i'm still learning so but the acknowledgement that we need to learn more about what's happening in our backyard and I think the glorification of hip-hop in Australia is such a... It's so true where it's like... So many people 
want the party songs, but they don't want the they don't want anything conscious. They don't yeah. want any like introspection or reflection in a lot of the hip hop we consume in Australia. Yeah, because it's easy to ignore that stuff yeah. because we like 808s. You know, yeah. that's what we like. We don't want you know the conscious side of it. And yeah. I think especially now with um, the indigenous space in Australian hip hop. Where so many like incredible honest stories are coming Kobe from. Kobe D, Tasman Keith, keep it going. Yeah, there's yeah. just like so many, and it's just so amazing to see. And I love the fact that there's you know so much gumption yeah. coming out. You know, it, it always has, but I'm just so glad that it's being heard. Yeah, and, and um, I'm so glad that I get to listen to it. You know, yeah. Um, yeah but it's definitely like a, a huge learning thing, and it's like it's a shift, but it's going to take time. And it's the same thing with female artists um actually no it's not the same thing but just similarly in the um world of there is more to be said like it's not just sex songs and love songs and stuff like this there's so much more depth to women in the music world other than like singing songs that make guys be like oh wow you know yeah like female artists aren't just there to flatter or be an accessory to a male rapper or you know like this because obviously the scene's already dominated by men so it's like it's not just we're not just accessories like we we have stories there's depth there's so much to be said especially and i think that those stories are getting told in the right way because obviously there are incredible teams around these artists that actually understand and actually care for that where so often especially in like major labels and stuff their interests are their pockets and and it shows by their teams like who they're hiring their teams and stuff and uh, like i don't know i don't know anything about this and that's why no, you, you don't this is this is my opinion this is right, yeah, opinion. direct yourself very different no but i think no, in just terms of like then because of the diversity now with the artist sphere, hopefully that reflects as well on the diversity of people just through like visibility, through education, through, you know, like you don't have to have a mustache and have lived in the inner West to get a job in the music industry because yeah. you see your favorite rapper one forward doing their thing. It's like, Oh, I want to somehow be involved in yeah. that. Like not even just from a vocalist perspective or a rapper's yeah. perspective. It's like, yeah, it's, it shows that everyone. Yeah. Like people can get involved that aren't traditionally what like the music industry looks like. So I think there's a lot of yeah. positive change happening, hopefully. And we have some sick institutions in Sydney as well with like yeah. FBI and Radio Skid Row mm. and stuff like that. All right. That was, that was like... <laughs> that was a huge tangent. No, that's not a tangent. That's what I know, Parry Talks I know. is about. Parry Talks is straight it's to the intimate. point. And Cuts I think... through the BS. Literally. Because like, and not to talk myself up, but like what... Do it. What editorial are you going to be able to have a conversation like that at? And like it be a part of the actual conversation you still haven't asked me who inspires me and that's like the first question you're supposed to ask parry how'd you get your name (laughs) no don't answer it (laughs) rule number one leah or liar whatever you prefer no it's leah just i'm standing up for you (laughs) all right let's lighten up a bit basketball yeah that was no it's fine we're gonna go back deep but like for one second are you are you a fan of basketball see i know nothing about basketball oh what i know i know i know i know because i'm a massive sports fan globally like i just i i know what's going on yeah but i up. can't have strong opinions on basketball i don't have any authority to have strong opinions on basketball neither do i to yeah be but you have more than i so i have to ask this question 
everyone always talks about Michael Jordan versus LeBron as the GOAT. Who's the GOAT? I honestly don't know enough about basketball. <laughs> I feel like that period of my life is like a blackout and all that I'm left with is a hot jump shot that <laughs> is hard to remove from muscle memory. So everything else is just, I don't know. What about the music? Was the music a blur? Or do you still feel like some of the music that you obviously discovered during that time? Yeah, that's stuck. That's, yeah, I still got that. But um, were some of the records early on in that sort of like discovery phase that like stand out now where it's like, oh, I can't like the first time I heard that. I was like, oh, that's sick. Ah, uh, Migos. No. <laughs> um, Kehlani. Uh, Cesar. Young Dolph at one point. Um, Kevin Gates. But that's like a, that's an area thing as well. Because like obviously Baton Rouge, everyone's like, Kevin Gates. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there was, there was this artist called Kyle that I really liked in college as well. Um, Yeah, it's just soaking it all in you know yeah. soaking it up i watched i think i went to a g easy concert at one point <laughs> you, you, yeah i don't know nah. it just happened but that was that was that was everyone else was going so yeah, you Peer know pressure. um yeah no shade on g easy he's cool um cool yeah um, <laughs> it's all good <laughs> but i was like g easy jeez i'm like Jeez. why did i do this in <laughs> no i'm taking the piss um, but then obviously with college and you graduated from uni doing your thing. Graduated. No, I'm a college dropout. Oh. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's me. Um, yeah. So when <laughs> were, when did you first start and you sort of spoke about that tape experience where it's like, I want to, um, you know, well, if you're doing production at TAFE, you've probably thought about it before, but before yeah. that, when we like. Oh, this music thing could sort of be a thing or like it's something I want to indulge in, something I want to look more into. When was that sort of moment? Uh, when did that come into your life? Um, probably in college was the first time like I got on that garage band um, and started just putting together like chords that I'd Googled and I didn't sing over it. I got my, like there was this player that was... Is it when not when you're in a team, but like, anyways, one of the basketball players, yeah, she sang. So I was like, Do you want to sing this poem that I wrote over this awful beat that I made? And she was like, I guess you probably felt uncomfortable. She's like, Well, I don't want to say no to this girl. So she ended up singing it. It was really nice. It was called Home. And um, so that was like the first time. And we, yeah, and then when I came home. I started getting singing lessons, um, which didn't last very long because those things are expensive. Um, But after that, I was just, I just kind of chipped away at it. I still like, in terms of singing, I'm, I think there's still a long way to go in terms of, I'm I'm comfortable with writing. I hope one day I'll get as comfortable with my voice out loud as I am with it on a, on a piece of paper so that's probably been the journey thus far in terms of just like learning yeah. and you know i went started going back to singing lessons and just figuring that out because you know you can i read a lot of poetry and kind of studied all of that kind of stuff in my own time yeah. so 
I guess like any other skill you need to learn and that's what has been going on and it's like what you said as well with songwriting first and which I think is the most important tool for an artist like on two reasons one if you get a nice publishing deal and you're a good songwriter <laughs> come on number two I can say that because I have so many friends in publishing that will be listening to this hello Perry friends <laughs> um and two um it, it's such important. It's so, oh, such important. It's, it's such important. It's to so read important book. to have <laughs> the songwriting structural underground in any song. Like, you can get a nice glitzy beat. You can get a good top line. Yeah. But what makes music somewhat timeless and what makes songs have replay value is that, like, strong undercurrent of, like, quality songwriting, which mm-hmm. I think is so important. So I think that's interesting where it's, like, you came from that first and then, the, like, the music was almost second. Even though you started producing first and then (laughs) there's just so much to it. Yeah. And like, it's been, it was so much fun because I co-wrote, you know, the songs I did with Cyrus, like he's a writer as well. So it was amazing to be able to, because it was always such a personal experience for me. So to be able to do it with someone else, you know, and he'd be like, maybe this word. And I'd be like, oh, wow, that fits so much better. And like, to be able to bounce ideas off one another, that was really sick too. And it just opened the doors in terms of working with people and sometimes being like, oh, maybe I'll just write this song and someone else can sing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, I like words. They're cool. I like <laughs> words that fit. I like words with a certain amount of yeah, syllables. Yeah, like sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll hear a song and I'm like, no, <laughs> I didn't need that syllable. But, um, or maybe I needed more. Yeah, that's, I, I like them. Words are cool. Back to nesting. Back to nesting. Now that we're back there anyway. How was it? And is it was it tough initially, you know, coming to a different songwriter and being like, here are some intimate ideas I have. But I doubt you say, I think you might say no just because of your personality, how I'm gauging you. <laughs> um, was it difficult to be like, hey, here are some interesting ideas, some intimate ideas I've got for songs. Um, I've still got my heart on the line here. What do you think of them? Was that difficult? Was that like overcoming that? you know that collaborative sort of barrier for a lot of people i think is really hard um or was it was it all g for you yeah no it was all g (laughs) like with mine and veteran said that was first time meeting the corky boys and i'd met will previously but i hadn't met rob and we were in the session and they were jamming and stuff and then i just wrote along to it and then i jumped up and i just shared you just killed it. <laughs> i just shared it. i was like well and then later on i was like yep so that song was about this that song yeah. was about that and then we got to you know play around with the beat so that it fit a bit better in terms of you know like better on said the bridge yeah. needs to be like build yeah. up because that's the part you know the the part um so yeah and then with Sai, like i guess it's, when you're comfortable with someone um, and I think when you're writing with someone, you kind of have to be comfortable to get something yeah. good out of it. So, um, so I was just, I think for Tipsy was our first session and, um, I was like, I think maybe the night before, or, you know, a couple yeah. nights before there was a situation and I was like, so this is what's <laughs> happening in my life, Cyrus. Um, have, you know, and then yeah. you find common ground and then you write about it. But, um, definitely like a big part of that is just. Yeah. You know, like I've written, I remember one time I wrote a diss track. It was a rap song. And then I wrote it because I knew the person who yeah. it was about was going to be at the session. 
So I wrote it and I was, and it's just like, sometimes you just need to do it. And there's no boundaries. You just need to be honest all the time, every time. Big time. And like. That was just petty, but. Pettiness is a big part of that. Sometimes, yes. Um, But yeah, so there's not too many boundaries when it comes to what, there's, mm, there's a couple and I'm still working on those. Like there's some things that I'll write at home and, you know, record at home where I'm like, Ooh, mm. I don't know how I would have done that in the studio, but yeah. very few. That's so fucking awesome. Woo. Good stuff. Thanks. 53 minutes in. Holy bajoli. This is when we start asking the fun questions, but there's one serious question before I start asking fun questions. What are the influences? Where'd you get your name? <laughs> um, No, it's... And to, like you can answer this in any way you want, but I just want to know how... Leonite measures success or how do you think you'll measure success going forward it can be like by impact by ticket sales by how you want to impact someone listening to your music like what what's the 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 effect you want to have on people how do you measure that success for you um i don't i feel like i'm just measuring it with myself Mm. if that makes sense so like what i make moving forward is not necessarily compared to the past, but just like, again, with that whole honesty thing, that's success to me. If I've, if I'm not butchering my words and I'm saying what's on my chest, then that's success. Cause I know that if I, I don't know that, I, I guess that's for me, that feels like as long as I'm being honest and authentic, that's success. If I'm staying true to myself, um, all that other stuff, this might be a stretch, but I feel like when you're true to yourself, that speaks to other people. Yeah. So um, whatever that is will happen based off the success of how yeah. close you are with yourself. I feel that, definitely. And I think... I don't know if that sounded really wanky, but... No, I think that's... I think some artists probably don't think about that enough and in terms of just like how close can i have artists me to real life me yeah and i think that's super interesting that like the closer they are together because i know some artists would be like we need these things as far apart as we can and that works for them because just how their brains yeah so i think that's super interesting from you i think that as well success would be because you know you have the moment i always say like any song or like any feeling that's in a song is usually you know a feeling that you're stuck in or a feeling that you don't want to let go of yeah and if I can shorten the space, like success for me is like being able to shorten the space between, you know, how you're feeling and when you write it. Yeah. And like, because sometimes you write a song and then afterwards you're like, oh my God, that's what that was about. Or like, oh crap, like there's some kind of, like, you yeah. learn something afterwards. But if I can like learn at the same time, yeah. that'd be great. So I don't have <laughs> to look back in hindsight and be like, oh, you know. So I guess maybe even shortening the time it takes me to learn yeah. from thing um, so that i guess like the conflict and resolution can happen in the same song yeah, as opposed to like yeah we need to shut it out though we need them streams that's all right we've got plenty of bloody feelings to get through don't you worry <laughs> so beautiful that sort of wraps up the the formal part the formal the part this is the fun part all right and like this is the most hotly contested part of any interview that oh, we do on party talks so we always ask we I say we like... It's just you, Perry. 
<laughs> have I already made that joke to you? No. I could. I make it to everybody, so I'm glad you're here at first. Yeah, love it. We have a, We have this thing. What's your favorite takeaway? But like mainstream takeaway, so like Macca's, KFC, Hungry Jacks. What's the goat? What's the number one where it's like... I just had chicken fingers from for breakfast from Woolies. Oh, that's up there as well. Is that that's kind of takeaway? Yeah, that is. Was it? Did you get frozen chicken tenders and then? No, they were just the little cardboard oh, in the, boxes. In the brown boxes, three no, bucks for a box of chicken they're, tenders. They're hard. It's actually they rude are not hard. to. So yeah, those are pretty up there with my go-to. Yeah, look, we need to address this whole breakfast, lunch, dinner thing because I feel like I had fruit salad for dinner and I've had chicken tenders for breakfast. All right. It's, is it a social construct or is there like actual reasons why nutri- we need to? I think there is, I've, and like I'm no nutritionist, but I think there is a nutritional <laughs> a argument nutrition for why we eat the sort of foods we do eat at breakfast. But like I'm the guy where it's like I wake up in the morning straight away. I can't finish a piece of toast. Like I hate that. Like yeah, it has right. to be like yogurt, like something like that with a bit of hate. Like a bit of, oh. Yogurt is the weirdest textured it's just like, like smooth it's you like could thick water. drink it with this i don't even like milk but you could drink it with a straw okay, I, understand. I don't want any foods that i can drink with a straw that's uh, then i'll have a drink instead of a food that i can drink with a straw man i gotta teach you probably you. had one of those you had those gogurts as a kid <laughs> didn't you you totally did those chews in high school <laughs> man they're so good gross yeah. and then you see people like rolling it to get the last drop of bloody thick milk Disgusting. No, you know what the worst I'm very thing is passionate like, about my. The thing about yogurt is, like when you, when you, it, there's a packet with something already opened, and then you like a box of yogurt already opened, and you reopen it, and like you have to mix it up because like there's different textures, like. And then also another opportunity instead of it being like a mainstream sort of like takeaway spot, what's your go-to spot? What's your favorite spot for eating out? You know, somewhere independent, hopefully. Little Lagos. Not. Where's that? And more. Shout out to Little. Cheers to Little Lego. <laughs> Done. <laughs> that was, everyone's sort of like, oh, I've got like these five options. Like, I like that place. I like no. that. You know. That's it. I was, I didn't eat meat for three months this year because I watched Okja. Never again. Uh, beautiful movie, but it really fucked me. So I didn't eat meat for three months. And then I go to Little Lagos with my friend. And I just... I folded, I had the best agusi. Oh, it was worth it. And ever since then, I haven't looked back. I had chicken fingers for breakfast. <laughs> so, yeah, so Okja, really sad movie, but not sad enough to turn down. Agusi. That's when you know. Yeah. And then the final question, which is often the hardest question I ask on Parry Talks. Oh. You have to, like, neck nominate someone else to come on. Who do you think needs this story told on Parry Talks? Who do you think I should have on that I haven't had on already, in your opinion? I reckon you, the Corky Boys, Tom and Peter, for sure. They're hilarious. And they've got a funny story. They've got lots of funny stories. There you go. Yeah, definitely. Simple. You yeah. just, <laughs> you're efficient. Everyone's yeah, straight like, to oh, it. Done. Yeah. One hour exactly. Holy bajoli. That's a solid amount of time. <laughs> Did it feel like that? No. It flies, brother. Sweet. Parry Talks, thanks so much for listening. If you, and I do this for everyone, if you catch me at a Leonard show in the future, which you will, because I'll be there in Sydney, and you say, 
Bro, watch that interview you did with Leah. I'll buy you a drink. It's on me. Noted. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Woo! Awesome.